0: You hear it all the time. Your company needs to become a media company about the problem that you solve. But what I see when I'm dealing with companies is that the much smaller outfits, the solopreneurs, the coaches, the much smaller teams, they totally get this because they see this as scale and they don't have the same resources for business development. But they also don't have the resources to invest into creating this team for this motion, or the other thing we see is bigger companies that have a big marketing team that can't figure out how to enable their people to do this efficiently to provide results. And while we work somewhere in the middle, uh, getting it done for people that um, are right in that sweet spot that allow us to take care of it, there's this giant gap. And that's why I think Jerry McNamara's story is so compelling, right? He got it. He understood that he needed to build himself up to be a one-person media company. And he hired us to help him get started and support him until he could take the reins. And recently, he's been able to really, really do that. So in this conversation, we dive into that journey, right? Like what you need to get started to become this publishing machine to have a show and repurpose it and do all these things. And as a small business, how he's been able to very effectively bring in a team that he outsourced in order to help him do this without having to pay the you know, the cost of us doing it for them, which is a $6,000 a month service, right? Um, so this is a really useful conversation if you're a one-person team that's looking to Get this thing started to really understand what it takes to get it off the ground and what he would have done differently if he didn't have our help. Or you're a company that may have a marketing team. You want to devote resources to this, but you want to do this in an efficient way because your team's already doing it. I think this is really, really, really going to help. And of course, we do it the way that we preach, right? Which is um, this live internet talk show that we brought Jerry onto that allows us to build relationships with people that we want to build strategic relationships with one-to-one in front of a live community where we're building strategic strategic relationships one to few and then repurposing the stuff one-to-many into podcast and YouTube and all that stuff. That's what my company does. Um, and this is one version of that and that's what Jerry's doing right now by himself in an efficient manner. So if you want to know more about that, reach out to us, contact us. And maybe join our next bootcamp. But for right now, what I want you to do is enjoy learning from the great J-Mac, Jerry McNamara. If you know how it is, then you know how it might be. But think what it would look like if you grow your own community. It ain't easy. That's why you're listening to hear experiences from others just like you and me. Welcome to the B2B Community Builder Podcast, a show that was started because if You can unlock the power of having a community around your business. Then you will create a source of referrals, validation, marketing content, and product feedback that will be unbeatable. But who has time to think about building a community? When you need to be making sure that your team has what it needs to succeed in serving clients and bringing in revenue. That is why we'll be talking to business leaders like you and I that have cracked the code on why the community play is so valuable. How to implement tactics that got them there while still serving short-term goals and what they can teach you that they have mastered. This show is for you if you are a CEO, CMO, or simply a rainmaker that has realized that without a community, you are just a commodity, but haven't figured out how to add it to your infinite list of priorities. This show is for you. If you are a community professional or trying to be a community professional that is trying to convince leadership about the need to invest in a community strategy, this show is not for you if you think transactions are more valuable than relationships. I am your host and chief executive connector, Pablo Gonzalez, co-founder of BeTheStage.Live, a marketing company that specializes in relationship-driven growth. I invented the relationship flywheel and hopefully... I'm your new best friend. So smash that subscribe button, leave a rating when you do, and get ready to plug into the power of community creation for business development. Let's go. We're officially live on Facebook for the B2B Community Builder Show. It is season five. Already forgot the episode that I just said. Episode 196. We're getting really close to 200 here, folks. You're making history with us. I am your host. And Chief Executive Connector, Pablo Gonzalez. And today, I'm a little under the weather, but my energy is up because I'm I was around. to say, your energy, that. you need to level up your energy. It's <laughs> feeling feeling low. It's feeling no, low. It I don't think I'm being loud enough for my right now over there that's trying to do some work. One of my favorite people in the world, he's become one of my best friends, to be perfectly honest. And that's a long way from a guy that turned me down from a job about three years ago. But he's my coach He is the ultimate CEO. He's a guy that has led multiple, three different companies from that $10 million range to the $100 million range as CEO, all the while championing the idea that you need to love your people more than anyone else. And for that reason, I love him. I follow him. I listen to him. I produce his show and take his advice and introduce him to everybody I know. The man that I affectionately call J-Mac Jerry McNamara. Say hello, Jerry.
1: Pablo, thanks for having me. I love you too, man. And it's been quite a little journey that we've been on since we met at Florida Juice and Bowl. And you had your little canteen water. And and I told you that you were going to do something. Yeah, there it is. And and what did I tell you? I said, Pablo, I'm not going to hire you because you're going to go out and do this on your own. And I'm super fun to have a front row seat to see you do it. But this is no surprise to me that you were going to go make this happen. So I'm glad I didn't hire you for that reason.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you did, you did. Those were those were exactly the words you said. At the time I was like, mm, you know, thanks, bunny. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> but you're right, man. And I am super, super pumped that um, you know, we've continued to be able to work together. That I stalked you for a little while until you, you know, kept introducing to me different people that were your best friends, and then I said one day you're gonna introduce me as your best friend. Now true. it happens. Now it happens. It is true. It is true. Speaking you're of like best that.
1: friends. By the way, you're like, you're like athletes, but just when you think it's gone, it just pops back up. There it is. Pablo Gonzalez.
0: You know, not a lot of people call me athletic unless it's in this reference. All right. Welcome to the community. We got Lee Bishop in the house. He's saying hello, everybody. Rowan's in the chat. If you need anything, if you need any clarification, let her know. She's our community manager. She's my account manager. Without her, I don't work right. We got Carolyn... Ch- Carolyn, I don't know how to say your last name. Chote, is it Chote? I hope I'm saying that correctly. Or Chote, I'm not sure. Pumped that you're here. Newly enrolled into the into the Relationship Flywheel Bootcamp. Uh, oh, nice. All- yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, Carolyn, is a, she's a funnel expert. So she's helping me build some funnels. I'm going to help her launch her show. It's going to be awesome. Who else we got in the house? We got Kira Lescu. Kira, super happy to have you back. Kira is also a business coach. She's also a, a medium. Like she sees, she sees, uh, perceives things at other planes of existence. Really fascinating. Penny Rose, also a camper for this season. Penny, super pumped to have you here. Penny is a forensics accountant for a three-letter agency that is also a CPA for content creators. It's a niche that I would kill for. It's a wonderful Ooh. niche. I love it. We got Venia Logan in the house, the community scientist, the mad side, the the not mad, the happy scientist of community. How about that? We got Tim Courtney in the house. He is a other community builder straight out of Oakland who is working on safe streets out there and building some stuff. We got Michelle DeNeo, who's helping companies grow and strategize and scale. Also a camper in the house. Love to have you, Michelle. We met at the Badass business Summit. Who else we got Jesse Rittenhouse. Jesse, man, good to see you again. Jesse Jesse goes back to my early days of green building and community involvement. We were on the charity for Dreaming Green together. He's the category king of green building down in Miami with his group, the Spinnaker Group, and a very skilled marketer himself. And Don Bates, we cannot have a show without the MVP of our community. Yes. Don Bates, who is a Oxford PhD candidate and a fireball. Oh. All, into All right, J-Mac, I know people, I know this community knows you. I know that you're also pulling in other people that I just met. I know we got campers in the house and you are the perfect person. As we, oh, we are starting the relationship fly with bootcamp. This is our third cohort. I, I'm a terrible salesperson. I never talk about the stuff that I sell, but we're just starting if you are listening on the podcast, probably too it's too late for you. But if you're here today and you haven't signed up, you can still sign up. Go to be the stage.life slash bootcamp and when does it start, Pablo? It starts tomorrow. It starts tomorrow. So oh, yeah, so campers are in the house uh, because this is a, a good, like, exercise for them to know how it feels and whatnot. So they're going to they're gonna get a lot of from you. Oh, Maria's checking in, Maria Villanueva. Maria, love to have you in the house here. And they're checking in. But if you go to be the slash bootcamp, you can still sign up. And I encourage you to do it. You're going to be in the same thing with all these wonderful people that are here. So without further ado, J-Mac, I, I decided to bring you on today because, A, it's, you know, like, start of bootcamp week. And you are a perfect case study of somebody who has, you know, punched through at this thing and succeeded at. Having an internet talk show, building a community—you're a, you know, you're a one-man consultancy with a team around you as well, right? Like Maria yep. and Paul are there. But I, yep. I, I first before we break down, kind of like what got you here, why you've been so successful at doing this thing, apart from the fact that you're a genius. Why'd you want to do it, man? Like describe to me, kind of like what your one-man media machine is putting out these days, and why you felt that you had to raise your operation to that level.
1: Yeah. So first of all,
0: thanks for having
1: me. And I love that we have all of these people on. So thank you for taking your time with us. Pablo, you know, I have been so lucky. I've run five businesses in five different industries, B2B, B2C products and services, right? So when I look at all of those things, there are certain foundations really of leadership that help you run businesses better. And so in the second half of my career, it's it's all about this thing right here. I'm on a mission to positively impact 5 million people in the next five years through Better Business. The reason is, Pablo, I've never met anyone who showed up to work and said, you know what? I really want to suck today. And yet, there are so many people that are ineffective in their approach. And it's because of poor leadership. And so when I look at the ability to scale and to touch 5 million people in the next five years, I really looked at the opportunity to say, well, I don't have to anymore go to ABC or NBC or Fox and try and get a TV show. I can become my own media company. And when you look left and you look right and the ability to hone your message, share your message and scale your message, there is no better way to do that, at least in in my estimation, than to give yourself a stage and to be of service to the community and to try and help people. And so that's why I decided that a, a live show was the way to go. I really thought, first of all, I thought a podcast at first, and then it was through your guidance to say, no, 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 let's do it live. And I said, okay, that's great. Let's let's go do it live. And so it's been a great journey over the last seven months. It's been humbling. I think Maria or Rowan could probably pull this number, but <clears throat> I think there's been about 250 different people that have come through the show in the past seven months and then, you know, obviously we repurpose it as a podcast and get seen on on Facebook because we we broadcast to Facebook Live. So it's been a fun journey and we're just getting started.
0: Love it, man. I love it. Well, what do you for those of for if somebody's here new and maybe they haven't tuned into this show a lot, they haven't tuned into your show a lot. Why don't you describe what you got going on, man? What are you what are you doing?
1: Yep. So every week on Thursday at 3 30 p.m. Eastern time, we go live. And so the reason that I love that is it's a forcing function. When I look at busy executives, it is real easy to say, oh, you know what? I'm I'm busy. I'll I'll cancel or I'll reschedule that call. But every week we have 15 to 25 people that show up and, and come and hang out with us. And so there, there is a real like, I can't cancel the show this week, no matter how busy I am. And we're bringing in award-winning CEOs, experts in the marketplace, people who have written the book, literally have written the book, And the whole concept is that we're better together. And so how do I, even if I'm just two steps ahead of you, look back and say, hey, Pablo, watch out for that speed bump right there because you don't have to get your teeth bashed in. I've already done it for you. And so it's this whole concept of how do we create a community out of this? Because when I look at marketing, which is the first step of how you can build a business, you first need awareness. Do people even know you exist? Then you have to be of value. You have to create attention for the work that you're doing. And then over time, people identify with you and say, oh, I'm I'm with Jerry. I'm with Proven Chaos. I'm with Pablo, whatever it may be. And then ultimately, community fosters out of that because people start showing up. So I know Don and I know Lee Bishop because I've been on these calls before and I've seen them. And Robin Drake is on the call, a guest that you introduced me to. Robin, it's good to see you. I spoke with her. She was awesome. We have another call scheduled. And so those are the things that happen when you plant these seeds. There's many sprouts that happen on the time. And so that's really the focus of what we're trying to do.
0: Got it. So have we even said the name of it? The Best Places to Lead show? Best Places to Lead. Yeah. That's right. That's right over there. Yeah, right over there. If you're listening on a podcast, you're just going to have to imagine it. But it is it is on his bottom left-hand side of the screen. You go live every Thursday at 3.30 p.m. You can find it on every podcast player possible, Best Places to Lead with Jerry McNamara, who spells it kind of funny. So you're just going to have to put in Best Places to Lead. Jerry, Before before you were... Oh, t- t- talk to me since you've started doing it. Give me like the kind of positive signals and the things that you have seen have been happening for you that tells you that you are doing something right?
1: So first and foremost, I'm humbled that people show up every week, right? And so if it wasn't of value, then people would not show up. I take people's times very seriously. I take my own time very seriously. So that's the first indicator. If I was there and I had crickets every week, then that would be a good signal that I wasn't doing a very good job. Beyond that, it's the questions that I get, the people who reach out. And I was invited to speak at a company's first ever strategic plan. And it was because they found me on social media and they said, we're doing this the first time. And we would love for you to just spend a half an hour to an hour with us, walking us through how to build a great company. Um, They actually turned into a client. So that became a fun one. I was invited through one of my clients. One of their people of influence became the dean at the University of Florida. He invited me to speak. Unfortunately, I was out in Denver during that time. And so I'm going to do that the next time around. But those are signals where the message that you're putting into the marketplace is starting to resonate with people where they say, "Hmm, tell me more about that. Give me more context. How would you approach this situation? and you know we were talking about this before we went live i've been interested even though my show is really targeted for senior leaders the people who are showing up consistently week after week are the people who are looking to take the next step in their career and the people who are listening after the fact are typically the ceos and the reason that i know that is because of the questions that i get after the fact so I had dropped my kids off to school. Well, this was a number of weeks ago. And a CEO texted me and said, Hey, I have a question about that hiring episode you did. Do you have 15 minutes to hop on a call with me? Now I had never seen him, didn't know that he watched my show. And when I hopped on the phone with him, he said, Oh yeah, no, I watch, I watch all of your shows. I just happen to watch them on Facebook. And it's a good thing that's like, man, if we didn't go live on Facebook, he would have never known that I had a show. And so those are the things that you just start to get like little bits of pieces of information where you go, okay, this is working.
0: Yeah, man, that's interesting because we I don't know I don't know if we explicitly said that, right, but it's the fact that you do the live show, you repurpose the live show is a webinar, right? Same thing we do here, right? We do the live show webinar. It then gets repurposed as a podcast. It then gets cut up into small bits of social media that get distributed on Facebook, that get distributed on LinkedIn as well to your existing network. And that kind of like, I think Venia just said something awesome. The best, Venia just said here in the chat, the best part about community as a dandelion is when your dandelion reaches the fly stage, the seeds spread to create more dandelions, more communities within their own leaders. It sounds to me like you've kind of reached that effect. These, These inbound inquiries for speaking or the or the strategic planning session that you got hired for, did you know that was coming? Were those people that showed up live, or were those people? I mean, do you know how you track that? Did it come from one or the other?
1: So it came from amplifying the message. They they were not actually guests inside the show. One of them had actually showed up to office hours many months before, and so you know prior to actually starting the best places to lead show. And this is prior to COVID when everyone started doing online events. But in November 2019, I started office hours. And I do it 2 to 3 o'clock every Thursday. And the whole concept was, and and I give my wife credit for this, because my whole career, I've been the guy that people say, oh, I know this guy. You should really talk to him. So I get a lot of those, can I pick your brain type calls and emails. And so we just focused that into one hour a week so I could I could say to people, yeah, absolutely you can pick my brain, show up on Thursday to office hours and it's a a spot where senior leaders come together and help each other. That's the whole premise of it. So I've been working on building community and becoming media for a long period of time. But no, these people found me really through the amplification of taking the, the long form content, slicing it down, putting micro content lessons into social media and repurposing that content. And so there's lots, the, the power of this Pablo is so interesting, right? Cause you can do one thing in a concentrated period of time and then get it to many other avenues to be successful. And it's like tentacles to your outside world. And, you know, we're even now, we just started this process, um, which is to do three lessons learned from each leader. So we're going to take The the episode, Paul, who's a writer, is working with Maria to organize, here are the lessons, the three best lessons from the guest. We're going to pick that micro-contents. We're going to write about it. We're going to give you the micro-content, and we're going to publish it as a blog post. And so, again, it's just continuing to amplify into multiple mediums by doing one thing and concentrating all your effort and then allowing the people that are around you to do the things that they're great at. And to spread the message.
0: What were you doing before? Right. So you mentioned that you were doing you were doing office hours, which isn't quite a show, but it is ritual kind of like community Zoom call building. I remember you. You also at the time had like you were posting like quote cards and stuff like that. like, what were you doing? What were you doing to do that? I was doing all
1: the horrible things that people shouldn't be doing. Tell me more. I remember I went on Fiverr and I bought a a like a pack of five hundred quote cards where they drop in your logo. And then we posted that. And it's like the worst kind of content. I mean, because you're in the mindset of like, oh, I, I need to generate content, but it's not really thoughtful content. I mean, it just allows people to like, click, click the like button and on they go. And sure, I get a little dopamine rush, like, oh, Pablo liked my post. But at the end of the day, there isn't real value in that. The value comes in not the information but the insights, what is it that we can do to take this piece of information, can contextualize it to your business and make it useful so that you're in a better place. And so I had to transform my mindset from just like, oh, well, let me just be on social media, putting things out there and let's hope something happens to, no, no, what's the important painful problem that I'm helping people solve? Because those are the ones that actually gain a following and traction. And so, you know, you've heard me talk about this before. So many people don't really understand what problem they're solving and who they're solving it with. So if you get really clear on those two things first, you have a much better chance of being more
0: successful. Yeah, man. And I, listen, I echo, I echo with your, with your pain, right? Like I've been doing the show motion for a very long time, right? Like I was doing just the podcast thing before the live show and repurposing and putting it out. But to your point, just like just like buying a pack of cards, of quote cards on Instagram, like I, I thought that it was just about being in front of people. What I've realized that's made a big difference for me is that I'm doing this. I'm interjecting. When you're done teaching a lesson, I interject and give the, the lesson that is to be taken from this, right? So the idea that, yes, it's good to be visible, but it's more valuable to be adding context to stuff that is going on in the ecosystem and letting your social media feed be something that is expressing your unique point of view is much more valuable than that. I wasn't doing it by outsource quotes. I was doing it just by like taking what you said and posting it on my own channel, right? So I've evolved my strategy to, I am going to take what you said Put it in your own channel, but I'm also going to add this piece of it <laughs> into it. Right. And whoever's watching this on LinkedIn, you're welcome. But you know, like that, that that's been a major aha for me. And like the key lesson to take here is that most people tend to find stuff that they can just post and distribute because they want to be omnipresent. And omnipresence is cool, but it's not as valuable as giving adding value omnipresently, right? And it's really hard to find a mechanism where you can create that value in order to distribute it omnipresently. And that's what these conversations are for. This like scheduled conversation, this forcing action that you referred to earlier allows us to get into this back and forth where you put out your value, I add a little bit of context to it. And then when we publish it, everybody gets context out of it. Yeah, I, I think I think
1: you're 100% right. And again, we come back to, I mean, omnipresent for omnipresent not doesn't, doesn't mean anything. Just means like I'm the annoying guy that posts post quotes every day on on my wall. When you really get to a place of sharing your point of view and how you can positively impact people, okay, now now I'm interested. Now now let's talk. Oh, that was really interesting, Pablo. Tell me more about that. And that's why I say like the good little signals that I see are the text messages that I get, or the phone calls, or the emails where people go like, huh. That was interesting. I hadn't ever thought about it that way. And can you tell me more about that? Or how do I do that inside my business because I'm I'm stuck and I'm struggling here. And those all just create opportunities because when I stop and think about it in, you know, I haven't shared this here yet, but when I started the show, I said, I'm not even going to look at any metrics for nine months because this is a long-term play. I'm playing the infinite game. And I think the reason why there's 5 million podcasts and only 400,000 of them are actually active is because it it takes work to do this. You have to have a craftsman mentality to, to go do this every week. And I can appreciate that if maybe I was looking at the metrics and only my mom and my sister were listening, I'd be like, man, this is a lot of you know work and effort to, to not generate a lot of results. My mindset is long term. I'm playing this over the long. This is a brand building. This is a problem solving. This is a community generation. This is not demand capture. This is not me just trying to convert people. And so I think that's an important distinction that you need to make, you know, for the long term.
0: Yeah, Carolyn puts that smart. Don't obsess over the numbers in the beginning. I agree, and I think any just about because Kira was also talking about she started an IG and TikTok and she needs to reach a lot larger audience. I believe that this is true about all social channels, all content channels you're going to create are not going to have an audience at the beginning. And that's why for us, it makes a lot of sense to do it live because what really matters in the first part is the relationships that you're creating and the opportunities to speak your truth in front of people that care. That's why if you have a podcast and you're doing it offline, you get to do that with a real, like if, I, if me and you were podcasting right now, me and you would be having a conversation like we always have, and we get to do it and, and we can repurpose it. But the fact that we're doing it out in the open right now allows us to, whether or not nobody here follows me on LinkedIn, you know, there's 14 people that are paying attention to this conversation right now as we're talking about it. So we are, we are building up, we're not just building up an audience, but we're like putting out our message and evangelizing the value that we have to give. As we are doing this, which adds extra value on the front end, right? So, like Carolyn, you know, you don't obsess about the numbers in the beginning; you obsess about the relationships that you're building, right? And and the idea that I get to stand up in front of 14 people here—that's a big deal, right? Like if I, if you give me a room full of 14 really smart people, like we have in here, I'll take it all day. So I'll take it. I'll take a Zoom chat all day, and that that adds to the value of the equation.
1: I think the other the other piece of this too, Pablo, is because I've been on two podcasts in the last three days, and. There's no one there that can say, huh, I actually have a question. Like, tell me more about that thing. And that's the opportunity that you have here that, you know, if Vicente wants to hop on and be the real Hispanic on the line, then, you know, he can do that and he can ask lots of questions, but it allows you to build relationships one-to-one. We're going to build a relationship one-to-few. So we're building a relationship because I love Dawn because, you know, she is so smart. and then. We build it to the whole community because it gets repurposed as a podcast or YouTube videos. And so that to me is like the magical thing about doing things live is the number of relationships that you get to build as opposed to just the two of us having
0: a conversation. I love it, J Mac. Well, really well explained. And as you as you continue to explain all this stuff, I feel like we're just in this like and 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 stage. But it hasn't always been it hasn't always been roses, right? Let's oh, let's, no, no. let's throw it up to a common guest of ours that we had, Park Hall. You got to insert a little conflict into the equation in order to build this narrative. And I just want to explain that when you said Vicente is the only really, real Hispanic on the line, there's some mystery behind that joke. We were, <laughs> I've been a, 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 a valuable contributor to your office hours. All of a sudden, tall, dark, handsome-looking Vicente shows up, and and you know Pablo is no longer the Hispanic guy. That's cool. I give it up to you, Vicente. I'm not a professional soccer player in the in the world of soccer, so you win, buddy. But let's let's throw in some conflict in here, man. Yes. You know when we were starting this boot camp, right? And the campers they're gonna they're gonna be ripping and roaring and ready to go. We do it with clients too. Everybody wants to start off like one show a week. Let's do this, right? Like everybody sees the JWB model. We're doing two shows a week. They want to mm-hmm. follow that and we generally advise them not to. We generally tell them start with 1 a month, build up to 2 a month and then, you know, eventually you get to 1 a week because you're going to start seeing the signals. Can you tell me a little bit about kind of the the growth process, right? You you brought us on to help you do it on in, in in the beginning side and it was still really tough to do 1 a week. And now I look at you and you are your team is taking care of it, right? Like we've we've you've built up a you've built up a team with with Paul and and Maria and you are knocking it out you're not having problems struggling with guests but let's let's kind of go into that stuff at first at first what was your biggest what was your biggest obstacle what were your biggest obstacles when we were first kind of like getting it up on a plane
1: yeah so it has not always been an easy road uh, let's just start there i have solved some pretty hard business problems and i like my chances i would have been probably not been able to figure this out. I might have gotten discouraged along the way, though, getting my teeth bashed in. So let's just start with the first one. The first one is, because I do value people's time, how do you bring in quality guests like a Park Hell, like a Robin Drake, where they have actual real value and insights that they have honed over time? You know, Robin's a multi multi-time author. And so he's been giving this real consideration and real thought. And so there were weeks where I was like, I don't have anyone for next week. And that's why early on, I had more solo episodes than I care to admit because I didn't have a guest and I hadn't really gotten into the mindset of like, geez, I really have to go after that. One of the ways in which that changed for me, and I'm gonna give Alex Sanfilippo credit for this, because he gave me two real pieces of information. And for those of you who don't know, Alex is the CEO of Podmatch. And it's like dating service for podcasters and guests to connect. But he said, what's the journey that you need to take your audience on over the next 12 months? And it was the first time I had thought like, hmm, I, don't, I hadn't really considered that. And so what I've started to do is create themes by month. So in September, we did communication. And in October, I have purpose-driven companies. And November, I have the strategic planning process, goal setting, things around that area. And so it's really this whole idea that if I focus myself in and I can be in the mindset of who's the guest that I need to go after, who's the best in the world about goal setting and strategic planning, well, then of course you would try and go get the the CEO of EOS who you know built the book Traction And while they were interested, one of the downsides of being a live show is his calendar wasn't open any Thursday until like March of next year. And so he couldn't be a guest. But that change where I was really focused in on a theme and I could go find guests and say, I have a a theme of communication. You would be a really great, great guest because leaders suck at storytelling. And so I'd like for you to give them that tool in their toolbox. To be more successful.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes perfect sense if I am like the marketing department of a big company of like planning these themes and making a campaign. But that sounds like a lot of work, Jerry. Right? Like I, I remember, I remember, I remember when we were early on. It was like we had this meeting. We're just like, hey, man, maybe you want to tone this down to like every other week. Here's some advice on what you can do, and you were like. I just didn't <laughs> Like it was, it was a tough moment for you. How yep. did, why would you say that adding that extra layer that sounds like an extra layer of complexity actually made it easier for you? Because it allowed me to focus,
1: period, right? When you have a focus, instead of the universe being the possibilities and being distracted, it's like, no, no, I need to find the four best people that, that can talk about communication. Who are those people that I think would be entertaining, interesting, and you know, come on the show with me as well? Who are the four people that I want to talk to about purpose-driven companies? Because I'm a big believer about mission-driven companies and people are looking for a purpose. And so limiting the universe of possibilities is really, really powerful. And I have said this a million times. I've made more money in my career saying no than I have saying yes. Mm-hmm. And so that's all just to say. When you narrow
0: it down, it's easy to find the gold. Underrated universal principle, right? Like this idea of like if you're clear on your mission, you know where you're going and everything goes away. Same thing here, right? Like I'll give you a lot of credit, man, because we in the boot camp and we teach this, right? The idea that we stick to these like content lanes and that that really helps narrow things down. But your your ability to narrow down A, what is who is CEO Charlie and what is the journey I want to take her on, and B. This month it's this and next month is that and go after it has uh, has made me completely think differently. I w- I would teach it if I was already practicing it, but it's something that we are putting into production for the next season of B2B community builder, but it's been been a major major eye opener for me, man, and you've you've done it incredibly well. Oof. That was a golden nugget right there. I'm going to have my team clip that and paste that across all my social media channels. So if you could just give this a pause right now, go into the show notes and connect with me on whatever platform you like to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever you want to be a part of my life in, connect with me there. I'm going to share that clip and you can share it with your friends so that they get the same lesson. It'll be adding value to their life. And while you're at it, go ahead and subscribe to the show if you haven't already hit five-star review, right? You don't have to leave a review. You just got to hit five stars. If you want to leave a review, cool. And maybe send the episode to your friend. That would be awesome. That's it. I'm done. Back to the show. So that is, that's conceptual, right? Like if you want to focus in and be able to find, you know, your guests and make time for it and make it easier for them to say yes is another thing that I'm hearing, right? Like it's this idea that like, I'm I'm, I'm reaching out to you because this is the theme. So people- people will tap in that way, as opposed to like, well, you know, you were talking about that last week. So why is it for me? I think is, I think is really, really important. What You're also really good about like automations and technology and stuff. What are you, what are you using to help find, you know, to help you do this technology wise?
1: So many, where do you want me to start? (laughs) So I think LinkedIn is a great database and, and repository for finding you know, the people that I'm interested in speaking to are the people that I've I've been lucky enough to do in my career, which are fast growing companies that are also best places to work, right? Because I think you can build a company that is high growth and still have a really compelling place to work. And so trying to find those people, we use automation to identify those people. And then Maria goes through the process of connecting with them for me. And so now, now we have the universe of people that we'd be interested in speaking to—that we're all connected with, right? We're all doing all of this purpose-driven. Work
0: get a little bit more detailed on that automation, J-Mac. So you're you're using LinkedIn Sales Navigator, and you are putting in certain company sizes and titles. What are you, what are you putting in there? Yeah, so it
1: is because the universe of CEOs is so big. We're using search strings to find to to kind of pair together, you know, Inc. 500 or Business Journal fastest growing companies. And best places to work because we want both of those things. I mean, I, I have unfortunately in my career met lots of people running a successful company that you wouldn't want to sit down and have dinner with because they're so full of themselves. And so when people are really focused in and willing to go through the process of trying to become the best places to work, that is a place where I want to go sit at that table with that person and ask how they did it. So that's really the the pieces of, you know, the the search string that we're looking for to bring those people into our universe. And then, you know, beyond that, we have a CRM called Active Campaign. That's the, the one that I chose. And so, you know, when people are coming into our universe, you know, being able to automate text messaging to them to say, hey, don't forget about the show, email notifications to go out out to them. We can drop ringless voicemail. And so I don't know if you've ever looked at your phone and thought, I don't know how I have a voicemail. I didn't really get I uh, I didn't really miss a phone call. There's technology out there that will drop a voicemail onto your phone. And so, you know, for all of this, it's all people that have invited us into their sphere of influence. So we're not doing anything, you know, shady behind the scenes. It's just a matter of how do we continue to automate the process of reaching out to people who have already said, yes, I'm interested, of being You know, involved in what
0: you're what you're working on. Nice man. I've only heard of like ringless voicemail happening for like real estate guys that are aggressively trying to buy stuff. So that's that's some next level stuff. That's cool, man. What about the you know the other part of this is we you know we announced this as like a one man media company. You're obviously not a one man media company, right? Like we kind of helped you get there again to not get you discouraged to get you there. But more importantly, we've talked about Paul and we've talked about Maria, right? Like you have, you have been able to do what you do, right? Build people up and put them in positions to, to win. And, you know, today on our production meeting, it was, it was really cool to see Maria is now completely taking over content selection and repurposing. Can you give us a couple of advice on how to find folks and how to, how to nurture them in order to, to get them good at this process?
1: So it's one of the things I say all the time, it all has to get done, but you don't have to do all the doing. And that—that that is the high achievers trap. And I'm sure everyone that's on this call, the reason that you're on this call and you're interested is because you want more out of life. And so w- what I have found is we have to identify the opportunities and not necessarily do the doing. And so what I recognized was I was having trouble actually writing the show descriptions. So I went out and found a copywriter He works 20 hours a week with us. And Paul's role is to do research, to write the show descriptions, and to write the three lessons learned. And that's what he does. And so when I go into the show, for instance, I just had Kim Bach on, who did a great job about providing feedback in the marketplace inside companies. I had a long list of well-researched ideas, statistics, that as i was getting prepped for the show paul had already done the hard work of finding the insights and we had we you know had had discussed you know that prior to a week before and so i gave him direction of like here's what i'm thinking about or here's what i'm interested in and how you provide feedback can you go find the research for me so again if i was not utilizing paul to help me then that the quality of my interview would be less because i'd be less prepared you know when you look at maria who has completely changed my life coming up on 1 year so maria i love you thank you so much for all you do you know maria is like the backbone of all the crazy ideas that i have right she's the one that you know is sweeping up behind the the chaos that i create and so maria has been has been working you know with your team in learning the process so that she could become self sufficient and so you know yes she's now at a point where she Has confident competence in the tools that we're using to build the micro content, to publish it online, to do all of the back end stuff. And so, you know, Rowan has been instrumental in setting Maria up for success. But yeah, it's one of those things. I I say this all the time. It's one of my principles of personal performance. We don't do life alone. We all stand on the shoulders of giants. And the whole idea that there's, you know, a self made man is a total myth and it actually gets me upset. And so, all of us working together creates opportunities to make
0: impact. 100% agree with all of that stuff. Shout out to Maria and Ryan. What I want to what I want to key in on something that you are expressing here Jer- Jerry is something that I that I experienced early on as success when Ryan and I first started working together. It can be daunting for the we're we're getting a lot of resonance in the chat of adhd right like i i I think my tasmanian devil energy kind of attracts it to a certain extent (laughs) but but that being said it can be daunting for somebody that's you know very creative and thinking about this and that and we got big ideas and this you know to to train somebody up to to help us out adequately but what you were describing and what worked for me early on when ryan and i were just getting to know each other is the idea that you don't have to think of the person that's helping you as somebody that is going to do X, right? Like what you can think of it is this idea that you're like, all right, I got to get to the point where I either have a special project for you, for example, it's show descriptions and finding guests. And at first, Paul wasn't finding the guest for you exactly and writing the show description exactly. But he was able to do some research about like, who's good, who's bad, eliminate a couple people out, organize the information for you to see it, and then give you some stuff to like prep really quickly, as opposed to you doing that. I remember early on for Rowan and I, I think it was, it was our, it was our podcast as a trade show booth activation was this like video I wanted to create from all the work that we did with Seal Shield on that first him show. And I remember early on, I was just like, Hey, listen, I just want you to I'm going to I'm gonna record this video with somebody. And then I just want you to look at that video, pick out a couple things from the content that we created at Hims, and bring back and just tell me this is what I think some stuff, you know, where stuff kind of fits. And she was able to immediately not bring it 100%, but she was able to bring it like 60%, 60%. And then after that 60% meeting, then from that meeting to the next meeting, it got it 90%. And then after that, it was 100% and it happened over two weeks. Otherwise, it would have been just me sitting here thinking, oh, when am I going to get to this? Right. Right. But 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 that idea of like starting small and asking asking folks for help on something that you know that they can at least move it forward a little bit so that the next time that you look at it is done, that's a really big key part of this thing, right? So whether it's show descriptions or finding guests or whatever, giving them those those initial cues that that You're confident that they're not going to feel discouraged in doing, and the next meeting is a couple steps forward. Is that kind of how you approach it? Well,
1: and Maria can speak to this, but when Maria first came on, we spent a lot of time together because why would I think that Maria would know what's in my beady little head and what I want her to do? And so one of the things that we did through the process was... Either I would record a video or she would record a video. It goes onto our Trello board. She'd make a checklist of the things that she needed to do. And then we iterate. We continue to get better and better at that over time. It's no different than hiring someone into your office and into your life. Like you have to train them. And the reality of it is, Pablo, I wasn't going to get to certain things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I talked about this yesterday about creating scale. You know, there's only a few things that you can do to create scale in your business. And one of them, you know, that creates leverage is your people. And so, yeah, Maria may not have done it exactly the, the way that I would have done it the first time, but over time, we get it right together because I have to be a good steward of her time and give her good feedback. And we just get better and better and better and better until Maria's doing things that I don't even, I probably don't know how to do at this point in time. And that is pretty cool to me because, geez, I don't ever have to learn that. I just have to have Maria in my life or someone like Maria, although Maria never leave me, please. So, you know, those are the things that I think about when you're doing these things. Don't think that just because you've hired someone that the job is done. You have to partner with those people to make sure that it gets done in the way that you want it to be done. You have to be clear and, you know, it's the trap between the visionary person who just has all these ideas and the integrator who's actually going to sit down and figure out how do we bring that idea to life?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. And I would also add to it that don't get stuck thinking that you need to be at this level on day one of like knowing that you're going to meet him and blah, blah, blah. Like the the, the smallest things really, really help, right? Like the idea of just like Hey, just, you know, look through my email inbox and just let me know what three things are obviously things I need to pay attention to. Like that, that, that's a big deal, right? That's a huge, 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 huge help. And you can apply that to anything, but this is not a, this is not an entire call on like how to manage people, but I do want to bring up. Venya's Venya's concern here. Venya says the problem I'm having though is getting that funding to be consistent enough and finding someone who can do so efficiently enough for me to make that a system as a stand. So it's very one off. What would you say to that, JMac?
1: Well, so first off, you have to actually do the doing first, so that you understand what needs to be done, right? And so th- th- there are there are pieces to this where you actually have to struggle a little bit, and you need to have the authenticity, and then it comes back to what is your timing, right? So, you know, success is always created when we put the right resources on the right opportunities. So if you don't yet have the resources to do it, maybe doing a show isn't the right time for you. Or maybe you have to do your show differently. Maybe you just do it as a podcast so that it's not as heavy a lift for you. Or maybe instead of clipping five or six pieces of content, you clip one. Right, and so you have to do what your pocketbook tells you. Like I, I would love to drive a Lamborghini, I don't have the resources to lo- drive a Lamborghini, so I drive a Ford Explorer. And I think that's just the, the the brutal, ruthless honesty that you have to have yourself to say: here are my resources today. Right, the whole power of yet yeah, I don't have them yet. That's okay. I would tell you focus your time and energy and effort on building the business and create the cash flow to hire the people that are going to be around you.
0: Yeah. I would also, I would also add to that three things. One is you can do a lot of things poorly, or you can do a few things well, right? Like I, I took the, I took the form. I took the ladder that former, right? Like for me at first when it was just me and JP and I had no process or just me and, and, and a, and uh and a uh, thing i was just posting all sorts of videos on linkedin and instagram that the subtitles were like 85% right you remember those days <laughs> and yep. and i and i got a lot of i got a lot of feedback i'm like hey, man, you got this thing wrong on the thing and i'm like cool but i'm still i'm still putting it out there right so like there's different things that you can let go of is one thing right, right. like the is how many things or how high a quality it is depending yep. on what you're trying to achieve the second is you'd be surprised how many people will take five to 10 hours a month of work and, 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 and help you out. Right. So like, it doesn't have to be a full-time person immediately. It doesn't have to be a half time person immediately, but you're able to find people that'll do like 10 hours a month of work that becomes pretty economical. And then, and then the third part is like, you know, I echo with Carolyn saying that she's tried three times and to hire someone and hasn't liked the results. It is, it is truly a long game, right? Like there is I, I recommend Carolyn you're gonna you're gonna meet Gina Gina's gonna tell you all about our kind of like our process of how she narrows people down but like if you're if you're able to like narrow in a process for it it helps a lot better and things of that sort but it is a long game people are people are infinite variables and having a process the results may vary but there's nothing more to Jerry's point it's leverage that you need on your time right so like if if you are not working towards some level of leverage on your time, be it deploying technology or deploying labor, uh, then then you're then you're never really gonna work yourself out of it. So it is worth these like a couple of strikeouts here and there in order to and 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 starting with somebody that can help you out maybe ten hours a month in order to get to the point where you really really trust somebody like we've gotten right.
1: I, I think I think a part of this too because I've been outsourcing for nearly twenty five years, actually twenty years. Sorry, I don't want to overstate that. Is give people test projects. Test people and say, Here, here's what I want you to do. See how well they can follow your instructions. See what the quality of work that they're putting back to you is. And then that way, the, the lift is, is lighter. You're not like heavily involved or heavily disappointed in the results because you haven't really put a whole lot in. But you will know right away whether someone's going to be a fit or not.
0: Yeah, man. Love it. Love it. All right. I saw Penny in the chat was asking a clarifying question. When you were talking about like your themes for the month, she basically yeah. said, right, so let, let me get this straight. So you look for the you think of the theme, and then you think, what's the best expert I can get that comes into this time slot on this day? Is it that simple? Is that what you're doing?
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so like I I will, for instance, strategic planning and goal setting, I will Google best. Goal setting books, and I'll start there, and I'll see like who have who's actually written books about this topic, and then I start you know reading PDFs or or the abstracts of those books and say okay that's is interesting, and and then I will reach out to the person. And in, in a lot of cases, I'll actually buy the book, and you know I have one here. I just invited this guy you know to the show, Scott Goodson, who who wrote Activate Brand Purpose, and so. I love to read. I'm a high learner. I'll go look at their YouTube stuff. And Maria will tee me up because I'll say, "Hey, go go find someone in these lanes," and she'll go find me micro content that they've done, and I'll see if that resonates with with our approach. And so, to me, it's it's all about who's going to be the best person communicate their message. And you know, you, you alluded to CEO Charlie. I haven't spoken about CEO Charlie, but. Before I started the show, I didn't want to speak just globally to, quote unquote, the audience. And so it's easier when you're speaking specifically to one person, just like I'm speaking to Pablo right now. And so I have CEO Charlie and CEO Charlie is in his early uh, 40s. He he was a corporate high flyer and he started his company. He's at about $7 million, but he's really stuck in his business. And, And I have this whole story about CEO Charlie. And I explain it to guests and I say, what does CEO Charlie need to know from you so that his business can get unstuck and get to the next level? And that to me is really important because it helps me frame everything that I'm thinking about when I'm inviting a guest. Does this person have some, something to tell CEO Charlie that's going to help him get unstuck? And so that's kind of the, the last piece of. Building those themes and having one person that you're speaking to, and you know, Pablo, if you're okay with it, I have CEO Charlie up on my screen. Can can I share my screen? And uh...
0: yeah, well, let me. Um, we don't have a lot of time. Why don't we share that yeah. during the relationship-driven growth strategy okay. session? You got. Um, you. What I want to key in on there is. That has more than one use. For you, you were describing it as clarity for you to reach out to guests. And it's easier to also get guests because you are are telling them this story. You're bringing them along on this journey. For me, I use it for that. And I also use it to disqualify people that ask you to come on your show, right? So I, I tell people, listen, when I send out an invite, when I send out a, a invite to come to one of my shows, I know that I'm pinging you in your inbox. I know that I'm pinging you in your notifications on LinkedIn. And if I'm not doing it right, it's a pain in the ass, and you're going to consider me a nuisance. So whenever I send out an invite to a show, the subject of it needs to be something that my equivalent of CEO Charlie is thinking. I need to know about this. And when I get this notification, I don't think what a nuisance. I think, oh, Pablo but just yes. did me a favor. I've been meaning to figure out how to become a one person media machine. Ergo, I'm not upset that he sent me this. And if I can't show up that day, it's still cool because it's something that I want to know about, right? So like, that is something that I put all, because once you have a show, you also start getting asked by a bunch of people to be on it. And especially a live show, right? Like it is it is a fine line to walk when I have this community that I, that I love I really appreciate people showing up but sometimes being a community member and getting to be on the stage requires another level of scrutiny and if you can be very very clear about what that level of scrutiny is um, it also really really helps the whole thing keep going with everybody with everybody being cohesive as well.
1: I, to- I totally agree because it, I, again it comes back to being respectful of people's time and so we've we've spent an hour together. that's an incredible gift that everyone has given us their attention for an hour. And so hopefully we've taught them something that they're going to be able to use in their own business to help it scale and grow.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And, um, you know, I can think of, so when we approached the show, it was kind of like, we spent like 25 minutes talking about how awesome you are and how great this thing is working for you to get them to care. And then we talked about the things that it took to get there, right? Like mm-hmm. the the strategy, the tools, how to nurture people to help you. And now this like CEO Charlie thing, I want to give another little bit of advice that Jerry is doing really, really, really well which adds to this, which, you know, if you watch the show or if you've been in the boot camp, we teach this very deliberately is that you talk to the folks that show up here, right? Like the fact that you are, you are taking very much a grateful approach that they're here, mentioning them by name and talking about, you know, using them as examples in your analogies that creates this effect where you feel like you're part of the stage. You feel like you're acknowledged. You're more likely to come again. Jerry, the other thing I wanted to get to with you is, you know, as you know, we are in cohort three of the Relationship Flywheel Bootcamp. It's starting this week. Would love to have anybody that's here that hasn't signed up already to 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 have you on board. But you are now starting a class, right? Like, what is the what is the what is the move for you now? Like, what's the correlation between having this like online talk show and being able to launch a class and or wanting to launch a class? Talk to me about your thinking on that.
1: So it comes back to, you know, I'm on a mission to positively impact 5 million people in the next five years. And so one of the things that I see is this gap between the high performers and the business model, and it's glued together by leadership. And so if we're going to grow companies and create compelling companies where people love to show up and they just get surprised and delighted that they get a paycheck every week because this is so damn fun, I can't even believe it we've got to teach leaders how to do it and how to do it better. And so we started the the leadership gap, actually, it was earlier today. So today was um, Monday and we're going to do that Monday and Thursday. We do it 12 to one. But it's the whole concept in this case of how do you create a predictable environment for your people to make engaged, autonomous and agile decisions that contribute to the success of the company. And that's the approach. And so being able to invite people along on that journey my goal is that many years down the road hundreds of thousands of people have gone through that course and are
0: better leaders because of it so that's your impact you always i love i love how you always kind of start with like the impact that you're trying to make with whatever you're doing how does it relate to do you find that it's been people from your show that have joined the course is it people from other wings of life has the show helped fill it is this a continuation of like bringing people together? How, where does it fit in the puzzle piece of the show and, and your other services?
1: Good question. So, you know, again, I think about things in, in long-term plays, right? And so who are the people that I'm serving? How will they get introduced to me? And it's not just the people that are in the sphere. It's the sphere of the sphere, right? As we're doing this. And so, yeah, the people, they're all in my care. And now I have a responsibility to all of them to make sure that I leave them in a better place. And so for me it's all about how do we continue to show up to serve and to grow all of these things because they all work together. You know, as I think about like longer term plans for for myself, I'm using all of the companies that I advise as the testing ground for all the frameworks that I've used and developed to grow my own companies. And so once we get that to a point now you can teach it because you have a framework that is repeatable, scalable, and brings predictable re- results. And that to me is the process. The show is the awareness engine that ultimately ends in community and shortens, and this is a, a very important piece, at least to me, it shortens the know, like, and trust arc that every relationship goes through. I don't care whether it's your wife. I don't care if it's your friend. I don't care if it's a client we all go through the same process of no like, and trust. And so the fact that people are already in relationships with me, and some of them, I don't even know that I'm in a relationship with them, but they feel connected. Suddenly they're in my sphere of influence. And when the opportunity is right, they raise their hand. That's right, Robin, it is trust, right? They raise their hand and say, huh? maybe Jerry can help me. I'm interested in that piece of things, what he's, what he's talking about.
0: And then that, then you have opportunities to serve more and more people. Love it, buddy. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I just made Ryan co-host. She's going to start inviting people up to be panelists because we're going to head into the strategy sessions. Jerry, two last questions for you as everybody just starts coming up on stage and we start sharing it with everyone else. One, how do I, how do we, where do you want to send people to? What's the best way to connect with you further, man?
1: Yeah. So the, the two places where I send people provenchaos.com, that's the company. And if you guys are ever interested, I offer this, you know, Pablo, you, you've shown up a, a number of times and Sente has been, been on the, uh, on, uh, office hours. You can register two to three o'clock. You ever have something going on and you think, oh man, I wish I had other people to bounce this idea off. It's all senior leaders who show up to this call. We're all better together. So that's the first place that I'd invite you to. And then I'd invite you to the Best Places to Lead. Um, We do that show Thursday at 3.30. And you can go to to bestplacestolead.com. You can register for the show. And then we do a lot of posting on LinkedIn. So that's an easy place to find me and connect with me if you're interested in how do you improve your leadership.
0: Awesome man. Awesome. This has been um, you know, Jerry, you were you were episode number 2 of my of my podcast. Remember? I do. I remember you were, that. Yeah, you're episode number 2 back in the back in the chief executive connector days, back when it was all about me instead of about the community. Okay. And, you know, I first I want to thank the 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 15 people that just spent an hour with us like, you know, spending us spending an hour on a on a on a Monday,
1: on a Monday it's evening,
0: man. is not a, is not a light ask. We're now Bringing you on for strategy sessions, you're welcome to stay if you want, or uh, or you can get going to your next thing. I think is we're going to have an interesting conversation here. Um, but man, Jerry, you are really the guy that opened up my eyes to the importance of culture inside of a company, right? Like you, you're you're in early 2019. The idea of you build successful businesses by loving your people more than anybody else loves them was not something that I, you know, immediately had heard as a gospel from anybody else. And you're a guy that's done it on all these different levels and you're funny and cool. And, and, and the fact that we, we hang out now, like three years later and, and this whole arc of going from like guy that turned me down from a job to to being one of my best friends is, is one of, is something that I really, really don't take for granted. I don't take you for granted. And I'm just so grateful that we're friends. And I'm really, really grateful that you did the show and, and all the different things that you do to show up for me, man. Just thank you so much for doing this.
1: I'm grateful for you, um, Pablo. I think, you know, uh, in in all of these cases, um, sometimes people get too big for their britches, and uh, their ego gets way out in front of them. Uh, I'm I'm humbled by the opportunities that I have and the trust that people put in in me to try and help them, and uh, you know, our relationship has been super fun. So, um, thank you for your friendship.
0: If you got the feeling that Jerry is just an awesome guy, and you want to know more about him. You're right. Jerry's a great dude that has led multiple companies from 10 to $100 million as CEO, I think three different times in his career. He's actually our coach and uh, an awesome guy. And he was actually guest number two of the podcast back in the chief executive connector days. So if you really want to hear Jerry's a little bit of the the early parts of Jerry's and my relationship, go to episode two uh, with Jerry and uh, check that out. I think you're Really gonna enjoy that. He's he's the best, and of course, check out his show, Best Places to Lead. I uh, recently just listened to his episode with Kim Bach about giving and receiving feedback. It was awesome. <laughs> so, speaking of giving and receiving feedback. I'd like to give a little feedback to my team. I want to thank them for being so awesome. I want to thank Roanne for putting this stuff together. She is my account manager and just kind of organizes all of it. JP, who is our creative director, who's in charge of how this thing sounds, how it looks when we publish it, all that good stuff. Gina, who is our chief heart officer. She's in charge of our culture at the, the stage. Um, you know, she's built up all the systems. She's built up, uh, she's recruited the people. And uh, it's really kind of the most treasured thing that uh, she has created in my life. So really want to thank Gina. Marge, who is her right hand, um, who handles, you know, Gina can't run without Marge. So they're one tandem and I'm so appreciative of her as well. Our other account managers, we got Joanna and we got Joyce, who are Making sure that our clients are, you know, not needing to deal with the minutiae of the day to day. Rita, who is our content strategist, who I love writing things with, I love creating content with. You're going to see her much more on the show coming up here soon. Nicola, who is our writer, he is uh, our boy genius out of Bulgaria, he's going places. Um, we got Philippe, who is our New content editor and graphic designer. He's doing great things and joining the team. And I'm just um, really appreciative of everything, the hard work that they all put in there. And as for you, I just got one piece of advice. Always remember, relationships will beat transactions. See you
1: next week.